Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Because the Lions want a game. Hey, hey howdy ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 385, the post game show. We've got a lot going on for you guys here today. And it's the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. We're doing it live. I'm Chris, your dashing host. And with me is this guy, this character you may not even recognize. Case, the almighty Case, is back. How you doing, brother? Well, Chris, uh, you got to score points and not commit turnovers, and that's how you're going to win games in the NFL. And that's the extent of the commentary I'm going to provide. So. <laughs> this guy gets it. All right, we're going to talk about today's game. We're going to take your calls. We got a roundtable discussion. We're going to do a whole lot more. We got a great, great show lined up. Case, are you ready to go, my man? Down the field. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Super Chat Dan, thank you, sir, for the $10. Still no love from the national media. They'd rather blow the Cowboys. Let's go, big D. We got the real D in the D. Took out one of the best games or the best teams in the NFC. Guys, this game... I'll tell you straight up, I was an excited, excited man after the, the, the victory over Minnesota. I was, I don't know, Case, oh, Case yeah. and I haven't No, talked. I was. If there's one game this year that I would have wanted us to win, it's that one. So I was there. It really Sam takes the Man, pressure off me. Yeah. Sam Man had seats. I went, I, I lost it. My voice was gone for over a week. I couldn't like, you know how you do like a, a voice for your cats, like a little, or your animals, right. like a softer yeah. voice or whatever. I couldn't do that. It would always crack for like a week. I was so <laughs> happy. It was I kept calling it like the the postcoital refractory period <laughs> because it was know, so good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know a lot of you know this, but we probably have a lot of new viewers since the last time I've been on, and uh, I I live in Vikings territory. So even though they're not my most hated team, uh, getting that win meant that my off season is going to be a lot more pleasant. I won't have to, you know, <laughs> anytime somebody wants to try to start giving me shit. Hey, well, your team lost to us, so... You lost to the Lions. <laughs> you lost to the Lions. <laughs> but so did the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm going to say, we talked about it with Tony on Friday's game. The thing that had to come together, and it looked, and, and we sort of predicted it, they had a, a short week, Arizona. They yep. put everything <clears throat> they had into that Rams game. That game was the most important game in weeks for them. They put everything into it. This week was a week of walkthrough practices. You know, there was no oomph put into their practice. It was walkthrough. They really didn't spend that time game planning, and it came out obvious. They came out, they came out you know, down. It was a hungry Lions team. Dan Campbell with his Campbellytics. TM uh, came out and did that onside kick right away. Took him just took him by surprise. The defense, the, the the rush from this defensive line, the front seven was just spectacular, and they didn't know what the hell to do after after the first quarter. Arizona was entirely confused. They had no idea who they were playing, what game they were in, and it was a brilliant, brilliant strategy from the Detroit Lions. Love that game plan. Yeah, um, and I've I've always said you know once you're basically out of contention it becomes like a second preseason you're just kind of looking at who is who you want to stick around who who you might not 
you know, want who's really coming through. And there were definitely some of those examples today of guys who raised their stock, not, not just within the organization, but within the league. And it, you know, it, it, it's sort of a double-edged sword too, because I'm not sure we'll be able to hang on to a guy like Reynolds. Yes, you will. But well, I hope we will, agents, but free agent, we get to match any <laughs> offer and we will. They, I'll yeah. tell you just everything just, we haven't talked in so long case. Yeah. Um, and I hate, you know, I hate this phrase, but my sources, it's too now inside the building. <laughs> they loved him. They were excited the, to bring him in and bring him up and, uh, and get him on the team uh, last week. I think it was last yeah. week. Uh, they were just excited to get him off the practice squad and bring him. They were super high on him and they wanted to get him the reps, even though Jefferson was there, even though, you know, Ibuke was there. Um, they, they, he was going to be the guy. And the guys in the Slack knew it. They knew it early. And uh, they're going to they're going to hold on to Reynolds for sure. He is absolutely 110 percent their guy going forward. Um, I also want to say just kind of a, a throwback. And I want you guys to think about this because we talk about this. Case knows we've talked about this since the dawn of time. Remember what people say. Remember who the people were that were telling you, oh, no, no, Dan Campbell shouldn't be calling the plays. We've got to have Anthony Lynn out there calling the plays. Some of them also, they, they were the same ones who were crying when we fired the unemployable great Braden Coombs. But the whole thing was, oh, no, Dan Campbell can't do it. What's happened since Dan Campbell started calling the plays? Two wins and a tie. That's not so mm -hmm. bad. Um, just, just think about those people. Just think about those people. Remember, remember who you love. Who knows a little something, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not to do, dig too far into this topic right off the bat, but yeah. I think, you know, if signing, re-signing him would be a huge move in free agency, but also uh, the other, one of the other big coups that they could get is extending Arawarie early because yeah. he's got one year after this on his contract. And if we could get him on a three, four year, he's he's been so good lately um, and not perfect, but where you really want a guy uh, at his age and coming along and making, I don't like to be derivative, but you could, you know, jokingly call him big play our warrior. Oh, 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 I like that. <laughs> big play Because, <laughs> well, and there was the, only the one play that he had out there where he was... Uh, touching me, touching you. Picked up the flag. But other than that, everything was okay. Um, I got to shout out Jamison Hennessy. Love it, love it, love it. 1999. Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, Case, uh, we got a question for you from Fab. How insufferable were you to Vikings fans after that win? Yeah, I see. <laughs> I see it now. I'm on the. I logged into the chat now. Um, you know, it. I actually don't work. I work with like Packers fans, a Raiders fan. I don't work with a lot of diehard Steelers fans right now, so I didn't get the opportunity to rub it in their faces as much as I used to at my old job. That, uh, but, but I still, you know, you know, and put it on Facebook and. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 just a little, you know, just a little drag of the ball sack across your face. Uh, I got in, in the slack. There's a question without his best players. This offense massively improved these last few weeks. Do you think Ben Johnson is a lock for that OC role? I wouldn't call him a lock. I will sniff around a little bit on that. But Ben Johnson has been absolutely working in concert with uh, Dan Campbell behind the scenes to, to he is the one guy, as I've said on the show, you guys have heard it. Ben Johnson is the one guy 
who is interviewing internally for this position. Uh, it's not Deuce. It's nobody else. If Ben doesn't get it, it will be an external hire. So that's it. What a great day for Case to come back. It is. It's always great to see Case. I'm, I'm really stoked because we got a win. Case is here. This It's just like all these great things are happening. Even I had to replace not a dishwasher today, and it still didn't make me angry. <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right, let's open up the phones. 248 782-8384-248-782-8384 or you can call us on Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. I know a couple of you called up early, but we didn't open the calls yet. You got you jumped the gun a little bit. We got a couple of you here. Let's pick up this one. How are we doing? There we go. I got to hit the right buttons. <laughs> hey, caller, how you doing? How much you had to drink so far? I haven't had anything to drink. This is Jamie from Montana. Jamie, how you doing, brother? Thank you so much for the help with the pies this year on the St. Jude. You oh. are a superstar, my friend. I think I still owe you some, so we'll uh, we'll finish that up here. But I just had to call in and tell you uh, tell you the story that happened after the Lions won. But before I get to that case, I have started listening, and then you disappeared. <laughs> And I just want to say it's great to see a face and nice to see you again, buddy. Yeah. And, and it's good to be back and hopefully I'll be popping in from time to time like this. It's just, uh, for the time being too much stuff going on. So too many. Yeah. I thought maybe you didn't like me. As soon as I showed up, you disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Cases in love. So, but I was upstairs in my office watching the game and I was joking around with the kids and, my daughter was like, well, what do you want for Christmas? I said, oh, I'd like a Lions win. That'd be great. I was upstairs, and my daughter came up afterwards, and she's like, so, how did you get what you wanted? I was like, yep, Lions won, so I guess we'll have a Christmas this year. So <laughs> She's like, I just saved a whole bunch of money on Christmas presents. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my daughter's like, well, I guess I don't need this now, do I? So, But I just, you know, one point real quick I'll make, and then I'll jump off and let you guys talk some other ones, but... Sandman made a point in Twitter about it being fourth and fifth stringers that were out there on that de- defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we can keep that kind of mentality going, I really think we'll be able to pull in some free agents yeah. if they see That's, what kind of results we're getting from for you sure. know, that far down the depth chart. You know, I, I this game, even more so than Minnesota. I think this one is going to speak more volumes for us in the off season and being able to bring people back and to get some new pl- new blood in there. So just an overall gr- great, great win. I'm going to let, hang up now, but Case, good talking to you again. Nice meeting you. Hey, likewise. Thanks, and, man. And uh, Chris, I'll, I'll send you some pies as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> you know I love pie, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll yeah I think we all do. <laughs> we'll talk to you, Jamie. Thank you. Oh, brother. So, he brings up a point that I that I wanted to talk about, and it's you know when you do uh, finish a season uh, with I don't want to say momentum it's it's not really momentum just like positive feelings towards what's going on in the building yeah of course and it's going to help you keep the guys you want to keep it's also going to be attractive to outside players who uh, you know if you look at the record you would think well why would anybody want to go there but obviously if you look at how you finish off the year and how the players like playing for the organization and how uh, guys got opportunities and and were were um, positively and reinforced uh, for those 
those opportunities. That is a big draw. It reminds me of 2010 when we uh, won like four of our last six games or something like that going into the 2011 season under Jim Schwartz and a lot of guys bought in and we were able to get a lot of free agents. And obviously 2011 was a pretty good year, uh, largely as a result of what we were able to do that off season. So for sure, um, obviously I would prefer to pick first or second in the draft, but yeah, yeah. it's that's I'm okay with one through four because secondary. winning breeds winning. And, um, really judging by the talent on this team if we were healthy we should probably be drafting somewhere 8 10 12 hey caller what's your name how much have you had to drink hey what's happening it's uh lamont from jersey lamont biggest backer how you doing the biggest golf fan in the land (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that topic (laughs) Hey, listen, don't take no quarterback. You have your quarterback right there. Beautiful game plan. And I'm just wondering if if um, Johnson designing the plays, is that the big change we're seeing? I know Reynolds is there and golf is comfortable with Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But is Johnson diagramming the plays, is that the biggest difference that we're seeing going forward? I think from from, from this from this offense. Yeah. Well, what you're seeing, and this is you know, this goes all the way back to the beginning when we got uh, Brad Holmes, and again another swing in the miss by the media who had no idea what servant leadership was. That's exactly what we're seeing. This is the fruit and the results and the pathway of a servant leader. We're seeing Dan Campbell working with Ben Johnson, and this work that he's doing with Ben Johnson. Make no mistake, like I said, it's his interview. They're building plays together, and Dan said it straight up in some of the pressers that they're working together they're riffing they got josh reynolds that's helped because they didn't have a downfield threat before they got him all of a sudden look amin ra as a slot back he's opening up he's all of a sudden making all kinds of plays why is that me very happy it's because anthony lynn got pushed to the side ben johnson came up and now this is where things again i'm gonna i'm gonna kick the media in the teeth because i do that whenever whenever but they immediately went to Dan Campbell shouldn't be Paul in place because they didn't get immediate results and they don't recognize how things happen over time and they don't work right away. Right. They just they just needed something to write about, evidently, or a way to scream at clicks or whatever they have to do. But the idea is, is those three guys working together. You don't change a playbook in a week. You don't get the playbook installed, the new plays, the the the, the route trees, any of that in, in, in a week, in two weeks. If you look, and again, I've been, I've used OBJ as my example. He got to the Rams. How effective was he in week one? He had, what, one catch, I think? Or maybe none. Maybe it was one. It took him three weeks, really, before he was up to speed and into their playbook, and they were able to leverage him appropriately. You're seeing a lot of that same stuff here right. with the Lions, and it's the work of Johnson and Campbell and probably Brunel in there a little bit as well. Jared Goff is in there, and I'm, I'm giving, you know, a tip of that the, the fedora to you right now with that one because jared's in that conversation as well as they work out these these plays and evolve this playbook into something holy cow and you're getting decker back right that, that makes a big difference you're seeing a lot of change yeah. and you're getting to see a little bit a little sniff of what this team could actually be it's it's really awesome I like to see I'm on Ron Brown. I like to see him in in, in the backfield, and then they, they, he he sprints out. That that's a great creative wrinkle to throw the, the defense off. And Aaron Glenn and Audrey Pleasant, oh my God. man, those guys have done a lot with nothing. Imagine if you add a key free agent, you get Thibodeau or Hutchison, and what they're doing, man, I'm telling you, this uh, not Super Bowl, but this could be a Good turnaround for the Lions next year where they're sniffing on that 7-6 of the playoffs next year. 
and don't draft a quarterback. You got your quarterback in golf, baby. This is case you're gonna. You're, I want you to react to this because this is, this is my crazy kind of. You know, I always got something crazy working, right? The whole idea, and we've right. seen it a little bit in in college with some some modicum of success. We've seen it in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. And I'm not saying Taysom is a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but if I go back to running backs and I think about, remember when it was one Bel- Priest Holmes, he's your running back. That's it. Christian Okoye. Oh, now we're going way back for the old young folks here. Uh, one back. That's it. All the time. Bell cow. That's it. Mm-hmm. Running back by the committee started emerging. People <clears throat> like, what are you doing? He can't get in his groove. He can't get, you can't, you can't do that to running. Yeah, back. I remember very much. Remember that being the common knowledge at the time. And you had a lot of money wrapped up in a running back. And if your running back was hurt, your, your season was done. That was it, right? Barry Sanders, the most famous, you know, in that case here. Yet, the thinking is now, at quarterback, why couldn't the same economies happen, right? You're paying now, and for your committee of running backs, you're paying about what you paid before for that one bell cow running back, right? And now you're insured against injury. Why not yeah. have two quarterbacks of distinctly different skills that come in and do specific plays, that you know, we talked about having like Swift and uh, and and uh, Jamal Williams in the backfield, two distinctly different types of running backs. And mm-hmm. and, and what are you going to do now? You have Hawkinson out there, right? It's like you can really you can really mess with teams because they don't know where you're going with that. My crazy, cons- not conspiracy, but my crazy nutty thinking right now is: could this league evolve into a dual quarterback league again? In, it, you're you're insured against injury. It, you can you pay them differently. Because you have two of them, the role changes. What do you think, Case? Am I high? Am I eating too much Delta 8? No, I completely agree. Um, I feel like we need to, at some point, address the quarterback uh, future uh, here. Uh, And I don't know if now is the time. Is now the time, you think? Let's hear really quick from New Jersey. What's the future of the quarterback? (laughs) The Lions. Future of the quarterback is golf. I thought he could win. You put weapons around him, he will produce, and I've seen him do it, and he can do it. Now, it's interesting if you want to throw in a, 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 a scrambling quarterback who can come in on certain plays. I don't think golf has enough weight yet in that room where he says no. Right. So if you're going to do that, I think now is the time. But the problem with that is you've got to be right. Dan Campbell is a new coach. If he tries something like that, you can't be wrong. But if you be wrong and it doesn't work, you're done. Then you know he can. But, yeah, he'll be done. But, but so that's, that's you got to be committed to it. And you got to find the right guy. Yep, and that's the absolute truth of any coach that tries any different scheme in the NFL. When. Uh, Oh, God, he coaches Michigan. Now, Harbaugh started pulling out the RPO again, right, in San Francisco. If, if it didn't work, he's gone. Well, he was gone anyway. But it worked pretty nicely for a good while, right? Sean McVay has changed yeah. things up a little bit, and it worked for him. You know, you see with um, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, a very mobile quarterback, right? And, and, and now you see a lot of people kind of going that to, well, you know, Andy Garcia is in good shape over there, right? Everything, Everything's working out. And there's a lot of guys, Matt Patricia, who tried to build the 1986 New York Giants. That didn't work as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like Mike Zimmer, who's on his way out because he refuses to change anything. Right, so. right. Absolutely. So there's there's yeah. always risk, no matter what you do. And um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in this. I'm not saying it's the way to go, but I am definitely interested in what this could, you know, because to me, it's, it's like another economics problem. And I'm kind of a dork about that. I, I love kind of thinking that through and, and what that means to a team. Because you get you you win so many things if it works. 
All right, hey, Carlo, we're going to let you go, man. The, the phones are banging off the hook. All right, thanks. We'll great talking to you. All right, you too, brother. We'll see you. All right. Yeah. Number one golf fan. He's talked some sense into us about golf along the way. We were wrong. I, I'm going to probably <laughs> disagree a little bit. Not entirely. I don't think golf is terrible. Um, I don't know. It, like I said, at some point I need to get into that little diatribe, but I well, don't know if now is the time or not. We'll do it here. We'll do it. We just got so many calls. Let's get this other one. Yep. Caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? What's up, man? Chris from Indiana. Uh, I've had one Hendrix and about three white labels. Um, nice. nice. I'm feeling it. All right. I called last year when they beat the, when they beat the Cardinals. And now I'm calling again. So, um, it just, right, right, right. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. So I just, I just want to touch base and say, what up? Listen, every morning on my way to work, um, tomorrow morning will be a headache on my way to work, but it's fine. Um, today is celebration day, right? Yep. This is uh celebration Sunday. Yes. All right. So, um, the only issue I had with that whole game was to leave and his pronunciation. <laughs> oh my God. It's so it was bad. Like me on draft day. Was not, he just was not a good announcer. That was I was making. That's the crack I was making at the beginning of the show. It's it. It was oh. like you pull out a cliche rule book and uh, or a cliche notebook of everything that a sportscaster can say that is blatantly obvious to everyone, and that's all he said all game long. So I, yeah, I, I lit up Twitter so I with hit, my criticisms of. I Gus hit Johnson. up Reddit and I was like, "Well, everyone's like, oh, he's a good announcer. He his mispronunciations are a little bit too much, though." And I'm like, "So just he he can't." Well, I can't either because I'm drinking. But he hopefully isn't drinking. But uh, Amani, his last name was wrong, right? <laughs> he just he started uh, going that's with a, That is a tough one. It took us a little while, but <laughs> no, it's me when I'm sober. I can get it. I can get it when I'm sober. It's when I'm Dewar's white label deep. It's hard. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I understand. If he's drinking some scotch, I get it. But he's not, so he should get it, right? Overwarrier, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. boom. God, he's, he's paid. He's paid to get it right, right? It's like it's like yeah, Gus yeah. Johnson. This is the thing, and this is was symbolic of it. And I got I got in trouble with some folks on Twitter over this one. I said Gus Johnson is is probably the stupidest announcer on TV. <laughs> but he he he. There's a couple things he did, and the the two that really stick out at me is oh yeah, Detroit hates Matt Prater. Detroit loves Matt Prater. Yeah, they, that they, was yeah. They, that was the dumbest thing. I, that's that's the most non-research doing, dumb, stupid statement you could ever say. I guess we hate Stafford now too, right? I mean, that's just not. It's just not the facts at all. He had he was reacting to no. The booze. We love Stafford right. for taking the Cardinals down, and we, we love our guys for taking the Cardinals down. I mean, I don't know. We got and half the people that love Stafford still want him to lose. Right. Half the people that love Stafford still want him to lose because they want the draft pick, right? I mean, that's it's just. Yeah, I want him. I, yeah, I want him to lose for a draft pick, but I don't. I don't mind seeing him win. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock on that. Yeah. But when he loses, that's good for us. Right. If he was a lion, it'd be different. It'd be different. But he's not. So every time he loses, it helps the Lions. And then he was like, on a third down, Gus is out there. Lions offense still on the field. I mean, what are they going to (laughs) do? Are they going home? It's third down. Of course they're still on the field, (laughs) you dumb motherfucker. You know what? We would have won that game if we would have used our our home homeboy Jack Fox punting on third down. We would have still won. Yeah, That's what would have happened. That's what would have happened. A couple things I want to touch on, though. Uh, He said, he said, rag no. It's rag now, first of all. Nope. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Revis Maben. I mean, he yeah, looked like Revis. he looked like Revis out there. He looked like Revis out there, but he's a linebacker, so it's a Reeves Maben. And then um, 
that that touch that not touchdown touchdown slash thing where oh he kicked the pylon it should be in. There's a guy. There's there's a lockdown podcaster that showed up to do a post game show after not watching the game. I feel like these guys just showed up to call this game and didn't like they just kind of showed up. Okay, who's playing? All right, they just started reading off the script. It was terrible. It was our boy. They called him DB. Dean Dean Blandino showed up and he said, "Well, he's got to get two feet down." Okay, DB. I know. We know. We all know. We're watching from home. We know. Get two feet down. You can't kick the pylon. I call it a touchdown. Well, That's and the conf- ridiculous. The confusion for people is what well, we can. You can push it ap- across, like on a running, in a run, or even after catching on a pass, you can push the ball across because That's you have sh- possession, right? You have and, possession. And, and you and you're showing you broke the plane. You broke the plane. See, see, see. There's a possession broke the plane. There we go. It's it doesn't like there isn't like a a vertical space that's inbounds all of a sudden with the pylon. It's funny stuff. You no, know, you can't just blow and say the ball touched it. So it's good. No, that's not how it I works. Can... Get two feet down. The D- the Detroit Lions defense did something multiple times tonight. I know it's hard to say, but just say it. Just say it. Yes, there you go. I, I, I can very much understand how a casual fan would have thought that was a touchdown. I can very much understand it because not everybody pays that close of attention, but Again, it's it's their job. <laughs> so you know, know. right. Yeah. And, and wouldn't be surprised if they did just show up to do this one. I mean, because if you look at it, I mean, even in our pregame show, we said things really had to come together perfect. We gave the Lions really no chance at this. It was going to be a big game for the Cardinals. They probably came Nobody. In just assuming that okay, let's just do this. We've got the we're the worst we're we're the worst crew and we know it. We got the worst game and we know it. We're just showing up and we're going to be as bad as you know as bad as they think we are. And that was it. And then everything a, went upside. A team down. going to the I playoffs. Mean, yeah. I want to watch the Houston Jaguars uh, game now and see what the, how good their announcers were because like comparatively this one mattered a lot more than that one. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a really good point. We won't get the good announcers. We won't get the Romos. We won't get the Thursday nights. We won't get the Monday nights until we are good. And I totally agree. Yep. It's whatever. Let us, let us get this B team, this C team, and when we can show, which we did today, that we can play ball, then we'll get we'll get the good slots. We will. But until then, we got to deal with these guys. We got to deal with. I mean, I wish we would have got Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's calling the Tuesday game, isn't he, or the early Monday game? Oh man, yeah, I've been okay with Kurt Warner. We're going to have seven days. It's like 12 days of football ahead of Christmas, right? On the third day of football. Well, I'm not going to say that. All right. Hey, caller, I'm going to let yeah, you go. No, the, the subs, our, our, our phones are ringing off the, blasting off the hook, and I and Case is actually on a timeline, so I want to make sure we get everyone in. Oh, okay. And I want to, right. I want hey, to I got a work function tonight, and I'm, I'm, I'm sporting, so I got I to gotta show up. <laughs> and he's wearing a nice sweater. I will listen to you guys tomorrow morning, hungover on my woodwork. All right. I love it. All right. See you guys. Thanks, brother. Thanks for the call. All right. Awesome. All right, two four eight. Oh, here we go. We got another one coming in right now. We'll just go ahead and grab it. We'll get your quarterback thing. I promise. Please. Hey, caller. What's your name? How much have you had to drink? And if you don't mind, turn down the volume in the background. Hey, Chris. Uh oh, is this Brandon? This is your this is your buddy down the Ozark, man. How about that? <laughs> I could tell. I could. I could hear it right away. There's a little tang of the Ozarkian. Uh, accent and 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 the little I, there's something yeah. snide behind it. I know it. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm even gonna go cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> I am so uh, I stoked, man. This is this was a big one, Brandon. I mean, to beat a team like Arizona, 
who was like they just came to show up yeah. to, to to notch the playoffs, right? That's what they came to do. And they got embarrassed. They yep. got humiliated. And, and and really quick, I want to go, you know, there's the the Vox version of the site for the Cardinals. They say Arizona Cardinal season's crumbling as they get completely dominated by the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean that. I, I, now, I tell you what, I know you're, you've been around long enough. And, and Kate, uh, I can't remember if you were, were you around when Joey Harrington was a rookie? He no. was just after that. He was just after that. Okay. Okay. Now, here's a little story that I think you guys will enjoy. And if Tony was there, he would know this since he was there. Uh, Jeff Risen might remember it. But uh, uh, in his rookie year, the Lions had like, and this was the last game of the season. Okay. And Joey Harrington had three wins. I mean, it's obvious. He was a rookie. The team was trying to get it together. And, of course, everybody remembers the other win was against Arizona early in the year, you know, like you guys talked about there with Tony. But it was the last game, and the Rams were Mike March-driven, just a juggernaut. And they were they came to Ford Field, and uh, everybody was thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a slaughter. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they were the number one seed, and – they just looked like they were going to just run out of the building and just destroy the Lions because they were horrible, you know. Well, as the game went on, lo and behold, Joey scored and Joey drives the team for a score. And then the defense holds. It was Mark Bolger at quarterback. And then another score. And then uh, they held again. Before you know it, the Lions were up 30 to 16. And the nail in the coffin was a guy who had come off the street. Otis Smith is a safety. He was guarding the likes of, you know, their uh, uh, Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. And somehow or another, they kept them from, you know, running away from them with, with uh, touchdown passes. Because if you remember, Mark Bolger was one of the best, most accurate passers there was at yep. the time. Yeah, he gave me and a And he came on a safety blitz. And just absolutely destroyed Mark Bolger. In fact, to put him out of the game. And the Lions wound up not just winning that game, but it knocked Mark and company out of the number one seed where they had to travel to Philadelphia and they lost. Uh, and this to me was almost tantamount to that same thing because now Arizona was not just two weeks ago thriving as the number one seed. Now they're number four seed, and if the Rams hold serve, and even if the Cardinals hold serve, guess who's going to have to play them again? That that's going to be hilarious, man. Uh, so I, I, yeah, this this is great. Uh, it, it reminded me of that, and, and just showed what hard work and 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 courage and and then uh, uh, fighting spirit was 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 going to be all about. Somebody put in a poll question, and I think it was uh, probably Detroit. So what's the difference between this team and the Jaguars team? And I said fighting attitude. Mm-hmm. The Lions fight in unison against the other team, and the Jags all fight the temp coaching staff or the coach. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> What and, a douche. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing that this team did is show free agents why they want to come here. Because it, yep. if, if you're out there, 
And look, everybody wants a check, right? The Lions got money to spend. They're not number one, but they're 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 the top. I think top five or seven teams, maybe the top ten, in money to spend this offseason. They've got a lot of money to spend. Guys might want to yep. come here. They might want to come to that culture because they they can see and believe that here we are at the very very end of the season. That looks like a, a you know a, a throwaway, and these guys haven't stopped. They're fighting their way to the fourth round, the fourth overall pick. I'm fine with that. I am. I'm, I'm, and, yep. and, and I just want to say really quick for the folks that are out there that are immediately going to say, "Oh, they ruined the draft pick. They're not going to get Hutchinson. They're not going to get Thibodeau." Oh well. Oh well. You know who else is not going to get Thibodeau? The Rams, the Chiefs. The, yeah. you know, any, any, any good team is not going to get it. And they're not even thinking about it and they're not going, Oh, darn it. We got to lose. So we get good draft picks. You win. So you can win because winning breeds winning period. Yeah. And, and that's what this is all about. I mean, even to that point, you can't just assume that the Texans and Jags won't stumble their way into another win or two this year. So it's not like that's out of the picture entirely. Anyway, I would prefer to get one of those two guys, but I mean, we've been in the situation so many times where uh, it, we've seen it play out where the guys we, we thought were going to be, you know, the absolute best ended up not being the best. I don't know if you guys remember Clowney coming out, yep. but everybody thought that he was going to yeah. wreck the world and he didn't. So, I mean, and let me just let me just go third round and later, okay? Because I mean, first round, it's you're going to nail your guy. We got Sewell right overall at uh, number seven last year, right? Yeah. Um, third round, Ali McNeil, Ify Melifonwu, Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round, Derek Barnes in the fourth round. No picks until the seventh round. We got Jamar Jefferson out there. That's not bad. AJ Parker, no, undrafted it's a great free draft, <laughs> undrafted free it's a great playing. draft. Right. Jacobs out there playing. If your whole thing is that the Lions are now picking number four instead of number one or number two instead of number one. You're missing it, man. You're missing the whole thing because it's about culture. It's about fight. It's about, you know, other players out there seeing a coach that can deliver a team, can deliver, can deliver a culture, can deliver on the growth and the turnaround that they want. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? Seriously, yeah, there's there's a bunch of guys that say I've got three years left. I got to jump on the Rams because I want to rank. Right? There's there's guys like that, but there's other guys that say I have five years yep. left. And boy, would I love to be the part of an incredible story that rocks the NFL world and changes history. The Lions making or winning a Super Bowl is exactly that story. And you can look at this team and who they are right now and how they've turned this around and how they're still fighting and they believe in their coach and they believe in each other. And as a player, you say, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. So I think a win like this is far, far more important than two or three spots in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I'll just give a couple more points here because I know you, your phones, like you said, they're ringing off the hook. Um, if I re- Now, just remember, the Wings, supposedly, was supposed to have the number one overall pick. I think it was last year. And they wound up, because of that stupid lottery system, wound mm-hmm. up number four. Mm-hmm. Well, they wound up, because of Eisenman's ability to be able to analyze and, and assess players, he took the best of what he had, and Lucas Raymond has turned out to be one of the best in the league. And yep. the, the two out of the top four isn't even playing in the league. They're in a supplemental minor league trying to learn their craft. So if we get somebody like that, and then you got the guys who we do have pass rushers. I mean, look at Charles Harris all of a sudden. Wood. You know, and Straight then uh, Romeo, remember, he's, he's actually one of our better pass rushers. Yep. 
you just add somebody who's really good. Doesn't have to be top of the heat, but add somebody who's really good. Like uh, a couple of guys have been mentioning some other names in there, and who knows what kind of team we might actually wind up with. Uh, something interesting that Jimmy Johnson said at halftime. You guys noticed? He said the hardest team he had to prepare his team for was the bad teams because the mindset was. And we're going to walk in there and we'll roll right over. No sweat. He said, that's the team you have to be very careful about because they've got nothing to lose, just like the Lions. Yep. So I, I, I'm a pretty happy guy. Uh, I'm going to break out a nice bottle of wine and enjoy the rest of the show, baby. You Take care. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Be good, brother. All right. Brandon's gone. <laughs> uh Real quick before we get the next guy in, um, I know it's cliche for us Lions fans to talk about trading down, but if we ended up with the third through sixth pick, I know the quarterback class isn't that strong this year, but that might be where teams are actually looking to trade up for a quarterback because even though they're not the hot topic at the moment, we all know that that tends to pick up steam as the offseason goes on. So just putting that little bug out in the universe because it feels like I have to do that every year. So <laughs> <laughs> You're the bug putter. That's, that's, that's what I should always know you as. All right, let's see if we can get uh, another caller. Caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink so far? Is that the better voice of Chris DLP in case? <gasps> it is Malcolm, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm so good. I'm so good. Case, it's great to see you and hear you again on Thank the you. Lions. Victory Sunday. Mm. Um, I just had to call in real quick and celebrate with the squad. The one thing I wanted to add to the conversation was just about, like, Chris, you touched on a little bit, the culture change and talking about sort of like building the, the proper mentality around, uh, around, the, around the team. So, you know, everybody's freaking out in the media. The Lions are stupid. I can't tell you how many texts I got today. Why are your boys winning today? They're stupid. And they told everybody the same thing. I'm like, look, you can't ask competitors not to compete. You must not have played a competitive sport when you were growing up. Yeah. <laughs> because you got guys that are on a practice squad. You got guys who may never be on this team after these last three games are done. And you're going to ask them to not try hard and do everything they're supposed to do so they don't get picked up by somebody else. 46, they were telling his story the whole game. That dude wasn't drafted, and he is getting his first look in the NFL this year. Of course that guy's going to play his balls off. Don't be mad at the Lions. Be mad at the Cardinals because the Lions were the practice squad all-stars today. And, you know, you saw everything that Dan Campbell said in his introductory press conference coming to bear. There is no reason that team should have beat the Cardinals today. Other than they just tried harder. They coached them up on defense. They coached them up on offense. And it was really impressive, man. It's just like, it's fun. And I think it's creating the type of environment, Chris, you said it well. If you're going to get a top pick, and trust me, guys, we're going to get a top pick. You want to bring him into an environment where he can nurture and grow and, and get better. Bringing him into a locker room that doesn't care isn't the best thing for his development. The reason 50% of first-round draft picks bust is not because the dude can't play. Right. It's because he's in a bad environment where people don't know how to use his talent and he's not being taught the right things for how to be a pro. Yep. Be excited that we may have something like that in our midst right now for the Lions. Because Campbell is doing something with guys that, I mean – I do. I follow lies as closely as you. I don't know who half these dudes are, but I'm sharing for them because they're getting it done. <laughs> this, you know, this this game 
was literally the team that I expected after Dan Campbell's opening press conference. Nom, 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 nom. They went out there chewing on kneecaps. <laughs> they went out there and did all the stuff that we expected after he came out there. And it was absolutely fabulous. And the other part of it is, is and, and folks, this is, this is a thing that nobody talks about. And this is why, you know, and I, and I hate to say it. When we first started talking to Jerry, one of the things was like, man, if you make the practice squad, if you wind up on another team, we still want to talk to you this year. We want to follow that because the story of the guys in the practice squad is the story that's never told. Right. Oh, he's in the practice squad and people forget about him until he gets called up. Right. But this team this year shows you the importance of that practice squad. The the depth that we've had to had to dig to to get players. Craig Reynolds doesn't get plays, doesn't get the field on a normal team. All of a sudden we found a guy that we want to make sure we sign, you know, Jerry yep. Jacobs doesn't see the field on any other team in the NFL, except the lions this year. And all of a sudden we have a guy, he might make a good tandem with Oroye with a man. How many of you had? And- <laughs> I mean, this whole idea of seeing these guys and I've talked about it early. This is a comparative advantage. Look that up. It's on Wikipedia. It's an economics thing. We have an advantage that other people don't, that we're going to be able to use to make ourselves better. Everybody gets the draft. Everybody has their scouts. Everybody gets to play in free agency, depending on how well they play. They saved their money. Not everybody gets to see what talent they really have in the on the roster in live fire exercises. We've got AJ Parker. We've got um, we've seen Arawariye improve far beyond whatever what he was ever under Patricia with real coaches. We've seen Jerry Absolutely. Jacobs emerge. Jalen Reeves, Maven too, bro. Jalen Reeves, Maven. All these guys that otherwise maybe wouldn't have seen the field or wouldn't have had a chance. We don't have holes there to fill now, do we? We found places where we've got good guys, serviceable guys, NFL caliber guys. We can start drafting something else. We don't have to go chasing after ghosts because we found that we have some talent that we didn't know we had. This is huge for the Lions. Now, next year, and the year after. This has just been as hard as a year it has been, especially the first half. This has probably been one of the best years in the Detroit Lions' last five to eight years in creating the opportunity to create a real long-term successful team. Paul brings up too. It's, it's, oh, sorry. It, we oh, just okay, mentioned her. Okay. I just wanted to, uh, Paul in the chat mentions Okuda too, and, and I'll yeah. be very interested to see where that situation ends up. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. I think I was, I'm, I was sick for Jeff because this is the type of situation that he could have come into and continue to grow and develop. And that's what kind of leads me into the last thing I want to throw in. Chris, what I love about the podcast, man, is you're a thinking man's host. You guys have really good analysis. You've been talking to us for two years about serving leadership. You were talking to us about a comparative and competitive advantage. The other concept I want to throw in there is this concept of progression not being linear. A lot of sports fans think it's just block to block to block. You move up, you get better. There's no step back. There's no fall. And when you think about growing, as a person, you think about growing as an athlete, you think about growing as a leader, the Lions are sort of like showing you that, you know, Dan Campbell stepped in, he made some mistakes early. You know, he, he picked Anthony Lynn with the best of intent. That didn't work out. As a leader, he made a choice. He continued to get better as a play caller, and you're seeing the fruits of that labor pay off right now. You think about our boy Jared Goff, I'm not totally sold that he is our long-term answer, but for what we've seen from him the last three or four weeks, his progression 
has continued to improve and they have some fits and starts and some ups and downs. I think part of walking through a rebuild as a fan is understanding that it's not just going to be linear. It's going to be up and down and you got to be able to ride the wave and, you know, kind of just stick through it and see what happens. Now, look, we might go out next week in Atlanta. I'm going to be down there um, in, in the game because it's not too far from the crib. Why is my good beat? And that's okay. That doesn't undo what they did this week or yeah. undo what they did against Minnesota. It's just part of the maturation process you've got to go yeah. through it. So remember, guys, be a certain leader, and progression is now linear. Malcolm, I want to, I want to, I want to take this. Talk to later. Okay, brother, I'll, t- I'll touch you later. Thanks, bud. I want to, I want to take on uh, something Malcolm said and, and just put both my arms on and, and, and jack myself off here uh, <laughs> about being a thinking man's game. Uh, Jared Goff was just in the postgame presser. And everybody pay attention. You'll find out somebody knows something about something. Uh, he's saying that since the bye, the Lions have changed their practice habits, changed how they handle the details of being on offense. And it's manifesting itself in games right now. Jared Goff is literally repeating what I said <laughs> 20 minutes ago and on Friday and on Wednesday and the week before. He's, he, this is exactly what's happening, right? I mean, this is what's happening. This is, you're seeing it reflected. It doesn't turn around. And it goes to the people who, God, I hate to kick these people, but <laughs> it, people put so much credence into this. Go back to Dan. You can't have Dan Campbell calling plays. Go back to Anthony Lynn. You don't know what's going on. You just showed how little you know is going on in the building. You, you showed how little you know about this. It frustrates the hell out of me. You, you, de- you have to do better. You have to do better. All right. 248-782-8384. Uh, Casey- we had a little bit of discussion, sorry, in the uh, chat on YouTube about uh, JRM. And I, I generally agree that he's been, I'm very happy with where he's at. Uh, I do want to make sure we're not being a little revisionist here. He did struggle quite a bit when given a large role. Now, granted, that was under Patricia and some less than ideal situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just want to like, like where he's at now is growth. Yep. It, it wasn't well, necessarily always there. And here's, here's, here's like we're the same thing with Okuda. So I will fight you, Jordan. <laughs> oh my god that's a throwback to so like 2015 uh, um that's one of the things though that we talk about and we look at and we're seeing with these guys okuda said it early he said i wish i'd have had these coaches teaching me things these are things the things i'm learning from from campbell and company and all the campbellytics that he has tm uh from campbell and company are things i wish i'd have known year one these are things that i should have been told early these are things that are, are, are you know are, are table stakes that i didn't i didn't get the development under patricia and company was terrible awful it was terrible terrible and watching oh god damn it Oruwarie and um what okuda started with and what he could have been would have been absolutely magic this year. It would have been magic. But we're seeing with Jalen Reeves Maven. We see it with guys like Jerry Jacobs, who came in as a UDFA. All these guys who weren't performing as high. Uh, Tracy Walker, the change this year in what he's brought to the team and what he's brought to the game is com- is huge. It's a complete 180 from what was going on under Patricia. He came in. His rookie year was a superstar. Got the patricia treatment the development there and started to downhill and then this year what's happened he's he's taken a nice path upward well we went from like no 
real development happening under Caldwell. And I know there's a lot of uh, there. Mm -hmm. That's a long debate that we don't really need to get into, but player development under his staff was not great um, to negative development under Patricia. And so we're just, we're unaccustomed to seeing positive growth out of players, but I don't think that's, it's not abnormal to see. (laughs) We're just not used to it. (laughs) Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? What's going on, man? This is Q. Q! I'm having, uh, How you I'm doing, ha- buddy? I'm having a bottle of water with Crystal Light right now. You know, you left a good vibe at Ford Field. Me and Sandman felt it. <laughs> it's there, man. I sprinkled as much dust as I could when I was in town. How'd it feel? Did it feel good today? Oh, oh man. It was just like, I, I, I kept passing through the same security, uh, like, usher guy yeah, yeah. In, my, in my section. I just kept, every time something happened, I looked at him like, what's going on right now? But... <laughs> You're right about so much, man. You're, you're the best host in podcasting. You're right about golf. You're right about this team. Dan Campbell direction will go. I'm just, I'm so excited, man. Like, I'm okay with not having the number one pick. We're still going to have a top pick either way. But I think the progress, this is so positive. Like, we're heading in the right direction. We had no Hawk, no Jamal Williams, no Swift. And it's just, it's amazing, man. They have, they're so deep. Yeah, I love it. I think love about it. think about the running game this year. Just even against last year's running game, right? How 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 much right. changed in one year? And what do we what did we draft? Jamar Jefferson in the seventh round. That was that was the, what we drafted, right? right? NQ, right. I, I appreciate it, bro. I mean, you and I we've had we've had a lot of talks, and and you know people. You know, I've I've got my craziness, right? But I appreciate you saying that. You know, I was right because I try I try not to be that guy, right? I try not to. That's but. usually me. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I am. Right. <laughs> it's great. No, I, I, mean, I mean, I love taking know, this journey you, with you. You don't too. ride the wave like other people. Like you don't ride, or at least as much. You're more like even. You're more like Caldwell. You're more calm. Never too high. Never too low. You know, I get high and low. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I love having this journey with you, Q. This has been a lot of fun this year because it's like, I mean, what was it? Last week? Was that the one when you, you texted me? You're like, I think you might be right about golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Felt good. Felt no, good. But uh, I, I will hang up and listen. Uh, I'm on my way to the airport right now. Proudly strutting through the uh, through the airport in my Lions jersey. I want somebody to say something. But uh, now, oh, I'll be in, oh, if you're coming to Atlanta, let me know. Of course, I'll be at that game next week. That's um, what I was just going to ask you. You and Malcolm both are going to be there. I don't have a ticket or anything yet, but I'm, I'm working with a family. I'm, we're talking about it. I'm trying to figure a way to get up there for it, man. Um, I may I may ping you. I may hit you up to see if uh, if you know how to, how to get me through the door, if I can make my way up. Yeah, hit me up for sure. Just let me know. All right, brother. Cool, cool. You. This has been a great rise, man. A great ride, and we didn't even need the Miller's fries this week. We did it yeah, all, all the way to the all the way to the playoffs. Because <laughs> the Lions won a game. Hey. Beach. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you. All right, see you, but oh god, I keep case. You know, you've been you've been on board this thing for a long time, but we meet the coolest people doing this, man. The coolest freaking people. I love doing this just just for the people alone all right two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four oh malcolm i like what you're saying oh okay okay i got you i got you we'll, we'll talk this week let me see let me do my sales job okay let me do my sales i, I bought a dishwasher today i'm gonna install it wednesday maybe that's enough that's it's enough to get me to atlanta maybe <laughs>
I'm going to leave the joke I was about to make just off the table. Terrible. I don't need that. Uh, (laughs) All right. Q, I know you're listening. So uh, Malcolm wants to have a drink at the stadium, even if I don't make it. So let's do that. All right. Let's do that. All right. um, 248-782-8384. Like I said, Uh, Case, I want to hear your quarterback rant. I I really, really want to hear it. Okay. Um, Well, basically, it's just, uh, and I think, I honestly think this is probably a large chunk of what everybody thinks. And it's that we've seen just some pretty outrageously bad pocket presence from Goff at times this year. And and for most of the year when he's been under pressure. And I feel like that puts so much more pressure on what could very well be one of the top offensive lines in the league uh, with somebody with a little better situation there. That doesn't mean I think he's a terrible quarterback. It just means that I don't know if that's a thing that he's going to be able to improve on enough um, that after next year, because I think it, anybody who is not familiar that cutting him this off season would be just not a good idea from a cap standpoint. Like there's just not enough money you can save off of it. Um, and uh, I, I got to do, I wouldn't even call it an argument uh, with somebody about calling him a post June 1st cut, which all that does is push that money down the line. It doesn't mean we don't have to pay it. So it would be better to pay more upfront while we're still in the rebuilding phase and have that money available later than, than do it that way. Um, I also don't think we will draft a quarterback this year because I don't, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't think we'll draft a quarterback with our first overall pick this year. It wouldn't be shocking to me if they fell in love with somebody down the line where they thought, well, maybe this kid can sit for a year and then play. But as Mm -hmm. I've talked about so many times, and again, you know, it's been a while, but um, one of the biggest advantages any NFL team can have is a quarter uh, is a good quarterback on a rookie contract. Yep. Um, so it, if Goff isn't going to be better consistently than he has been this year, I think next year is it. You've got to move on after that when it becomes financially feasible. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent here. Kenny Pickett, Don, I know there's a lot of, a lot of love for him. We had a, uh, Ash did a great breakdown on Kenny Pickett, uh, Detroit lions podcast.com. Um, small hands, right. And that's the thing with golf that people keep talking about is the small hands. I didn't think I oh, wish God, I need a ball here. Um, you know, I got, I got 10 inch hands and I'll show you what I, next I'm going to remember to have one close by a, a pro ball and you'll see just how, how big that is. And my, my hands look small holding the ball of a, a pro ball. They're gigantic. Eight inch hands. It just scares me. And I, I know it seems silly. The college ball is a smaller ball though. So you're seeing something different out of him. Again, I'm not advocating for him. I haven't started. I just got on vacation on Friday. And, and like I said, I had to order a dishwasher today. I got other stuff going on. <laughs> um, but I, this is where I start really going in depth on my college kind of scouting pieces, right? Just from what I've heard, this is all just, you know, top level kind of skimming the surface of the ocean kind of stuff. I'm just going to say, if you see a Malik Willis kind of get picked later in the first round, kind of a guy, you may well see the kind of embracing of that dual threat, dual quarterback kind of process for this team, because he's not going to be the quarterback going forward. He's not the guy. Um, we could probably get him with that Rams pick or or with a little bit of work and uh, some finagling. I think, though, what this team does is build all its people up this year. 
in, in, in so far as wide receivers. We don't have a number one. We don't have a number two right now. Josh Reynolds is, you know, a, a number three. Amon Ra is probably a number three as a slot guy as well, right? We just don't have those top wide receivers. We're probably going to get one in free agency. We're probably going to draft one. I think we've got some We need a safety. We, we need to do some work on this team, a linebacker, um, to build it into position. I don't think we're getting the, the quarterback. I think next year, I'll pick a number out of my rear just right now, just because I can. We're a 7-8 win team. Oh, no, no, we can't get our quarterback. No, <laughs> no, no, we can. Because we still have two first-round picks next year, plus whatever else we want. And don't forget, Brad Holmes comes from the team that traded away 400 sequential first-round picks for their quarterbacks. I wouldn't put it past him to make a future play to get the quarterback he wants in the 2023 draft because all signs point to that draft being the draft to get your guy so this is that's my and i will call it completely uneducated i'm reading the press kind of assessment we'll get more in depth here as we get closer to the senior bowl can i give you a fantasy scenario <laughs> you know i'd Where, love to hear your fantasy. Uh, the, the, the rams the rams was talking about your fantasies <laughs> <laughs> the rams with stafford win the super bowl this year and then he's like you know what I'm calling it quits. And then the Rams are the number one pick the next year. And we have, we have that pick. So that's where I'm at. I I love it. I love that. The thing about Matthew Stafford that we're not hearing in Detroit, he still hasn't signed another contract. Yeah. I don't think, I think Matthew Stafford, just like uh, McVay, you know, they, 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 they signed uh, Von, Von Miller. They, they, they've, they've uh, signed OBJ. They've, set themselves up as a win-today team. They all bet their careers on it, right? That's it. If it doesn't happen, Stafford may come back next year. He's not going past those two years. I think he hurts too much. I think Kelly wants to be the star in the family too much and thinks that once he's gone, people will still care about what she says. I think there's just I don't know about that. (laughs) Trust me, there's a dynamic there. I think that, and and I think he's the kind of guy who's like, okay, whatever. Like, he's got enough money, he doesn't care. His body's at the point where, hey, if she's famous, he's happy. He doesn't care, right? She can go chase whatever she wants, but I think he's a guy who feels like he's done it, he's put it out there. If he doesn't get it here, he did his best, and uh, and he's going to walk away from the game. I, I really honestly believe that. Um, I think he'll retire Detroit Lion, too. I, I think he will, and I think he'll do it as the Lions are ascending to that that level that we all hope to not maybe you know not maybe when we're at the super bowl level you know because he'll retire when he retires but we'll be i mean hopefully he considers himself a lion like as his career is concerned if if, but i mean if he does i think it would be like as a one day signing type thing okay 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 100 yeah I doubt that he'd be brought back for like a significant amount of time. Although, I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah. So I'm not, I wouldn't, but. And just like we talked about Stafford not playing golf, the song, golf, I can't say golf and golf. The two words are just, they're just interchangeable once I started drinking. Um, he, he, he missed his golf game with um, Matt Ryan this summer. Why? We told you his back was hurting. His back was messed up. He, he had uh, issues with his, with his hand that was still messed up. It's not going away. He had a whole offseason arrest, and he couldn't play golf at the end of the offseason because of it. He canceled it on his people that he's close with. He doesn't have a lot. I know he's he's dealing with it in a way. You know, he's a quiet, stoic guy. He's dealing with it and moving forward. I just don't see him playing more than this contract. I don't see him putting his body in the line after this. I don't. It's really changed because for a long time, I thought 
he was going to be one of those guys like Brady that was going to be around forever, but he's just taken too hard of a beating for that to be a reality. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, he could have been that guy easily because he's so uh, he's got that Iron Man spirit, but here you go, folks, a little more, a little more dust. This is coming. Uh, Amon Ra on the uh, post game presser. He said he's not 100% sure, but he guessed that Ben Johnson drew up that play that St. Brown scored on. Lions just put in the playbook this week. We're first, we tell you. We know. We know. We know. We got the ears in the right spot. We're not playing games. And we're 1,200 miles away from Allen Park. How is it that you do that? They don't. Hmm. Okay, so there you go. We'll talk a little bit more. Remember, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384. We're getting there to the end of the show as we think about what we're doing as we allow the last couple calls to try to come in case. Wrap it up. What's your thing? G- give us your everything you got, Lions, because we don't know when we're going to see you. <clears> this, man. <laughs> well, I like I said, I hope that the rest of the season is a, like I not – necessarily wanting them to win all the games, although it's not going to, that's not going to make me upset either. I want the better draft pick that we can get, but uh, I think there's a ton of value as we talked about in riding into the off season on a high note and what that means for um, additions and, and possibly guys who just want to come back and play for the team because they like the environment um, where there's a it, it goes both ways. So, I mean, like in a, in the best case scenario would be lose out, but still have, you know, a really positive experience doing it, which is, <laughs> I mean, it's borderline oxymoron. But, um, you know, I, I'd either way, hopefully they've built enough positivity already that even if things do fall apart a little bit for the rest of the year, that um, the guy that they built the positivity to a level where that lasts. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with you. There's a lot of pieces to build a team. We talked a little bit about quarterbacks and nature versus nurture. You know, the guys and, and people say, what? It seems like, a, a, a you know, you're pulling a slot arm every time you draft a quarterback because you get a guy you think you're, who's going to be great. You get Mitch Trubisky. You get a guy who's, hey, he's pretty good. He should do okay. You get Patrick Mahomes. How is it? They don't know. So much of it is nurture. So much of it is about where they land and who they're paired up with. A guy, uh, Sam Darnold, NFL career ruined because of where he landed. This team is creating a culture and a place where players want to land, where good players can can succeed and decent players can get good. And the long-term view on this is is definitely positive that old school lions that whole sol the th- you know everybody was banging on that gong at the beginning of the season and none of them seemed to hear the words you've had enough of that shit you missed it you missed it because this is a different team you can see it in the culture you can see it in how they play you can see how they haven't given up on their coach can you imagine can you ever imagine a team in week 15 coming out and playing like this against a team like the cardinals for Matt Patricia. Can you imagine back in the Caldwell years? Here we are in this position. They'd come out flat. They'd, they'd blow off the first two quarters and then try to do the miraculous comeback. They weren't, they loved, they loved Caldwell and they, they loved him as a leader of men and all that, but he didn't get this out of them. He didn't yeah. have this from them. These Detroit Lions, this team is a different team. And Dan Campbell has shown, it, 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 Wisco said it in the chat here. 
and I wish I wish I could find it really quick to say it exactly. Oh, here it is. I want to believe Dan Campbell can be the next Belichick while also not being anything like Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the most recent NFL or excuse me, Lions coach that he reminds me of is Schwartz. But I don't think he's as angry like towards the players as I think Schwartz was because Schwartz lost the the locker room just because of his fiery personality being like too much. Whereas I, I, I hope this is what I hope because I do think that what Schwartz brought into the team was really valuable in bringing the team up in terms of the grit and the effort that they were giving on every play and every game, even when it wasn't going their way. Um, it just wasn't sustainable, but you hope that this this group is able to get it to a point. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not thinking Super Bowl next year, but if they continue to improve, that you continue to uh, um, foster that environment of, of really thinking this could be uh, something special as well. Oh, we lost your mic there, buddy. But with that, the, they also not only have that can play well and excel and do well next year, but they have the ammo to show that they can or the ammo to get a pick worse than that or pick better than how they played. If that makes sense, a higher pick than, than where they deserve because they have the ammunition and the weight to be able to do that. Also got uh, Don. I want to say absolutely for those that aren't paying attention, Goff just proved that he can beat top teams and he did it with low-level talent. All the people that say Jared Goff won because he was surrounded by all those guys on the that were such great talent on the Los Angeles Rams have a little bit of splaining to do based on what we saw out there this week. And I'll tell you one other thing. Um, let's see, what do I say? Uh, sources in the room say <laughs> one of the biggest tests that Dan Campbell went through this year was that Anthony Lynn piece, moving Anthony Lynn to the side. He and Anthony Lynn go way back, right, they, to Dallas, to when uh, Campbell played in Dallas. Again, we'll talk about the story when Campbell was interim coach at Miami, and they were hiring for the, the uh, when Gase won the job. Campbell wanted the job. He interviewed for the job, but he also helped Anthony Lynn with that job, with his interview for that job. And that's the kind of guy he is, right? So now you get a case where he's got Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator after Anthony Lynn was just a head coach in the NFL. So he took a step down. It's kind of a tough spot. And now you got to tell Anthony Lynn, he's not the offensive coordinator because frankly, and this is like I said, reportedly wink, wink, nod, nod, know what I mean? The quarterback was unhappy with him. The coaches were unhappy with him. Nobody (laughs) was happy with Anthony Lynn in that position. Nobody inside was. And had Campbell not made that move, he could have lost a number of coaches and players. DeAndre Swift, one of them. He could have lost them because he didn't make the tough decision. And he says, I'm here to make tough decisions. Those are his words. And he made the tough decision with his friend, Anthony Lynn. Now, how could that go? If he's Matt Patricia, there's a burning dumpster fire there's a burning fire of a dumpster full of tires out back of Allen Allen Park if Matt Patricia does that. Yet, Dan Campbell can do that, 
and not start that fire. Anthony Lynn still stands in front of the press and still does good press conferences and still stands behind his team and plays as a team player. And Ben Johnson is writing up plays, as Amin Ra says. He's able to make that move. He's able to keep his coaches, keep his players on board, make those difficult decisions, and not start a dumpster fire doing it. There's a lot to be said about a guy who's a leader who can do that sort of thing and can bring a team along in that way. I will tell you, this whole thing that you're seeing is Dan Campbell showing the massive amount of skill and leadership he has and being able to walk through this minefield. And I'll tell you what, the people in the NFL, they know all this stuff because these guys talk. They hang out, they, they, they talk all the time. What's happened in this locker room and how Dan Campbell's handled it, everybody knows. Everybody in the NFL knows. And this means and this plays a lot. Agents know. You want to look at free agents? You'll find good ones. You'll see because Dan Campbell made tough choices and good choices, and he did it in a good way. So that being said, there's a lot to look forward on this team. And um, again, 1,200 miles away. How do you know all that? (sighs) Case. Hey. Have you missed me? Besides with every bullet so far? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Are you anxious to get to the work party? Do you have to fly? No, 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 no. I'm not anxious at all. I'm not in a hurry. Okay. I need to pee. Okay. Because I've been drinking beer. But. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, don't forget about Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all your stuff there. Help us out by doing something you're going to do anyway. Also, you want to get high? CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get the Delta 8, or if your state doesn't let you get active CBD, it's just as good. It's uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use keyword lions, get 55% off. They've got great stuff. Uh, if you want to get some of this info early, some of the insider stuff we hear, you guys can head on over to uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the Slack where they have something called Chris Dust, where we sprinkle some of these things around and some of that insider info. You need to know before everybody else. How about that? Casey, love it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got? I think that's it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. Case, he's still running around without pants, right? I Nothing right now. We're just porky pigging it. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. I can't even say it. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Or no, it's Skype. It's just Detroit Lions podcast. <laughs> Call us to the Lions line, 929-33-Lions, 929-335-4667. The porky pig thing just, just scrambled my, my bacon. <laughs> Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to talk to you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and all kinds of case. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.